This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a wonderful Erev Shabbos to all of you. Good to be back. Good to share some ideas with you. To talk through the Parsha to see what we can learn this week. And particularly to understand what in fact Torah is telling us about our own lives. How we are able to view that which we experience, that which we encounter, that which we do in a better way, in a greater way. Torah tells us how to uplift our lives, how to take our lives, to take those God-given talents that we have, those abilities, and to make them so much more better, more productive, and better not only for ourselves, but for all of humankind. We are individuals that we have to contribute, we have to give, we have to share, we have to relate to the world in a responsible sort of way, and in that way, Torah tells us, precisely what to do. And this Parsha, of course, tells us quite a bit of what we have to do, even though it's a Parsha which I consider one of the most fascinating Parshas in the entire Torah. It tells us a very strange story about Balaam and Bilak, two individuals who were absolutely dedicated to destroy the Jewish people, but not to destroy the Jewish people in conventional ways such as battle, going into battle against them, but to use spiritual powers. Um, Balak wants to hire Bilam, the great Gentile prophet and soothsayer, to curse the Jewish people because the cursing of Bilam was in fact very powerful. And Bullock was an individual who was, again, himself a soothsayer, himself, in a sense, a prophet. And he understood that it's only through spiritual energy and spiritual might that the Jewish people can be destroyed. And what a story it is, and what a story it tells us. And although the story doesn't have the happiest of endings, nonetheless, the message is there. The message is powerful, and the message talks to us about how we are seen and therefore how we should be seen in the eyes of the world. Today and yesterday, the 12th and 13th of Thomas, is also a very important day. In Chabad calendar, Jews throughout the world are celebrating this day, the day that the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak Schneerson of blessed memory, was liberated from communist prison in 1927. He was imprisoned for his incredible work for Yiddishkeit in that godless country. He built yeshivas, he built schools, he built mikvaot. He encouraged Jews to live life as Jews, as devout Jews. And of course, the authorities were very, very angry about that. It's a long and involved story, a story perhaps one day that we can talk about. But it's on the 12th and 13th day of Tammuz that he was informed that he was finally completely liberated in every sense of the word, although the first verdict tragically was a death sentence, and then he was going to be sent into exile into a distant city called Kastrama. And finally, the authorities, under pressure from people around the world, came to realize this important individual could not be incarcerated, he could not be kept in prison, but had to be let free. And of course, the story of the previous Rebbe is one of those incredibly courageous stories of how one individual stands up against a mighty regime and says, absolutely no, I will not give up that which God has given us and that which God has asked from us. And he argued 
all the time that whatever he was doing was not against the law. It was not against the law of communist Russia. In fact, it was enshrined in their constitution. However, of course, as in most tyrannies, they tend to overlook the law, to dis- well, to disregard the law. And this is why they put the Rebbe into prison in the most horrendous sort of way. And as I said, perhaps at another opportunity, we will be able to talk about it at greater length. Let's get back to the Parsha, the Parsha called Bullock. And Bullock is, as I said, a fascinating Parsha. Two individuals, very powerful individuals. Bullock, who is a king, and he rules over Midian, and he has uh, powerful allies in Moab. Uh, He's an individual who sees the forward march of the Jewish people, and he, quite frankly, is frightened. He sees a nation that is powerful, a nation that has gone up in battle against some of the most powerful individuals, powerful armies in the world, a nation that only 40 years ago was enslaved by Egypt, and they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, a nation that didn't have a land of its own, a nation that didn't have the resources that other nations did. And here, this nation is now marching to the fulfillment of the ultimate promise that God made to the patriarchs, giving them the great and promised holy land. And he sees within this something to be concerned about, something to be feared about. This is a powerful nation. And this is why, what is his first conclusion, his first reaction, this powerful nation must be destroyed. But he doesn't realize that the strength of the Jewish people is not that they are physically powerful people. That's not what it's all about. And they certainly don't want world dominion. This is not what the Jewish ideal is all about. The Jewish people want to live in a land where they can fulfill the law of God in the best and fullest sense. They want to reach that ultimate promise that God gave the patriarch Abraham, patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, giving them the Holy Land, called the Holy Land because they want to be a beacon of goodness, of kindness, of ethics, of morality, of holiness to the entire world. They have no desire to possess the world. They have no desire to occupy the world. As I said before, the only nation that doesn't want world dominion, the only major religion that doesn't want world dominion, it wants to be a beacon of light. It wants to be a witness, a presence. It wants to be a nation that reflects the presence of God and the will of God. Bullock doesn't realize this because from his own experience, any powerful nation wants power. Every powerful nation wants world dominion. This is the way the kings were. This is the way the nations were. They became powerful. They tried to take control of the entire world. This is what it's all about. And from his own experiences, he begins to reflect and reflect badly upon the Jewish people. Instead of understanding what, in fact, they are about to do, they are on the threshold of entering the promised land, and they will become a people that will show the world decency and goodness and morality and ethics. He becomes frightened. And this is something which we have to understand again and again and again. Why is it that people 
particularly powerful people, knowledgeable people, people who should know better, who should understand things differently. Why do they have such a negative and corrupted view of the Jewish people? Let's take a look at history. It's not something which I'm simply making up throughout history. Men of letters, men of greatness, knowledgeable people, when they look at the Jewish people, they look at the Jewish people with a... And they look at the people and they say to themselves, this is a strange people and this is a dangerous people. Now, anybody who calls the Jewish people a dangerous people, well, that is something which is absolutely stupid. The Jewish people are a people who want to live a life correctly. Essentially, they want to fulfill that which God gave them. Yes, of course, along the way, many make mistakes. Individuals do make mistakes, and sometimes even nations make mistakes. But the ideal of the Jewish people is to live a life that reflects the morality and decency of God's law in this world. And therefore, whenever the Jewish people are ganged on, Whenever the Jewish people are attacked, one has to take a very close look at the underlying motives of what this is all about. What does Bullock say? Bullock says, here is a people, they will destroy the world, they will simply overrun us, they will destroy us. (laughs) Remember who said that before? Pharaoh said that before. Look at this nation, they're becoming too big, they're becoming too powerful, they will overwhelm us in Egypt. And again and again and again throughout history, We hear that same refrain, look at this people, they are becoming too strong, they are becoming too rich, they are becoming too powerful, they will take over the world. Anything and everything can be thrown at them once this accusation is made. And this is why, while this Parsha, as we'll soon explain, is a fascinating Parsha, it's an incredible story. It's a story that makes us think and wonder and rejoice. Nonetheless, it's a story that has to make us think, because we have to understand how we are viewed by the world, and therefore, how to present ourselves in the world as well. This is a story that, in fact, has to be played again and again and again and again, because, strangely, in the words of Bilam, who tried to curse the Jewish people, we find the ultimate blessing, but we understand what his intentions were all about. It's a Parsha that needs careful study. It's a Parsha which is incredibly relevant in our times and throughout history. It's a Parsha of how the Jews are viewed and how sometimes the nations of the world attack them without mercy and without care. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. So as I mentioned before, not only does this story tell us of how, well, powerful people sometimes look at the Jewish people with all sorts of negative ideas and plans, this story has an interesting, well, twist to it and the fact that Bilam and Bullock know that the Jewish people cannot be physically destroyed. They are 
under the protection of God, and because of that, the Jewish people will survive whatever is thrown at them. However, they know as well that the Jewish people are a spiritual people, and therefore, if one uses spiritual energy, if one uses spiritual power, perhaps the Jewish people can be destroyed. And this is why Balak the king decides to hire Bilam, the famous soothsayer, and he says to him, I am hiring you to curse the Jewish people. But Bilaam is no fool. Bilaam understands that his power of cursing, his power of spiritual strength, is not something which is his own. It's something which is given to him by God. And it's only by the instruction and will of God that it can be used. And therefore, when he says to the messengers that Bullock sends, I cannot go along no matter how much money you give me, while on the one hand he's suggesting that money, in fact, is something which is so important in his life, but nonetheless he also knows that he cannot do this if it's against the will of God, and initially God tells him, do not go with these people. But he persists. And our sages tell us something which we have to take heed of. It's something that we have to listen to carefully because it's something that affects our own lives quite, quite powerfully. And that is, our sages tell us, when a person is determined to do something and he is persistent in that determination, even if it is something wrong and negative, he will be helped from above, from on high, in order to fulfill his perhaps negative desires. And this is something which is important for us to understand. Initially, an individual might think to himself, no, this is wrong. But after a while, he tries again and again and again, like a nagging child, keeps on asking and asking, and finally, a parent in desperation says, okay, you can have what you want. The comparison is not Good, but nonetheless, you understand what I'm saying. Yes, if in fact you persist, you are determined to do something which is wrong, you will be helped from above. And finally, God says, if this is what you want, Bilaam, go. Bilaam doesn't understand that this is going to be, in a sense, something which is going to prove the power of God and the greatness of the Jewish people. But he's thrilled at the opportunity that perhaps in his evil way he is able to join forces with Bullock and try and curse the Jewish people. They are both tyrants. They are both terrible human beings. And off they go. And the very first thing that that Bilaam does is he saddles his donkey in order to ride to Bullock to fulfill this evil mission. And our sages again tell us something which is very important. He says, you woke up early in the morning in order to get on to fulfill your destructive plans. But don't forget, long before this, there was another individual who woke up early in the morning to saddle his donkey to fulfill my will, says God, and that was Abraham. And Abraham, when he was told to bring his own son as an offering on the altar, Avraham Abraham, our patriarch Avraham Avinu, fulfilled the will of God instantly and immediately. He didn't linger. He didn't wait. He woke up early in the morning to fulfill the will of God. So God, in fact, is already sending a message to Bilaam. If you think you can hurt this people, don't forget they come from a very powerful source. They come from a source of individuals who are absolutely dedicated to the nth degree to fulfill my will with a 
sense of purpose, with a sense of devotion, and with a tremendous sense of conviction. You cannot destroy this people. You cannot curse this people. This people have the protection of greatness. This people have the protection of coming from a source no less than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the four matriarchs. And in actual fact, when Bilaam starts to, so to speak, want to curse the Jewish people, what comes out of his mouth, what comes out of his mouth are incredible blessings. He says, Meirosh, from the very beginning, from the peaks of the mountains, I saw them from the high hills, I perceived them. And our commentaries point out the peaks of the mountains refer to the patriarchs. And the mountains refer to the matriarchs. He says these people come from individuals who change the world. Don't you understand what Avraham, don't you understand what Abraham did? He, together with his wife Sarah, transformed the world from a place of universal idolatry into a place of recognizing the one God. Avraham Avinu, through his tremendous efforts, reached out to everyone in the world and taught them the basic lesson of ethical monotheism. Of course he had tremendous power and greatness, but he used them to bring about light into this world, a sense of goodness, a sense of faith, a sense of recognition that there is one God, a denial of idolatry. Don't you understand what the power of this people is? Don't you understand that you and Bullock are absolutely wrong over here? These people will survive. These people will, in fact, be victorious because from the very beginning, they come from people, they come from individuals who change the world, Abraham and Sarah in their way. Isaac comes along afterwards, and he is the one who digs the wells while the world tried to, well, stuff up the uh, the the um, wells of of Abraham what does Isaac do Isaac opens them up again to bring out the clarity the purity of faith into the world what does Jacob do Jacob the wandering Jew he goes from place to place and what does he teach the people he teaches the people the idea of honesty of ethics of morality of decency of goodness He says, you have no chance against this people from the very core of their beginning. They are not barbarians. They are not individuals who came wild from all sorts of strange places. They come from a place of light, of faith, of greatness and goodness. And therefore, this is their mission in the world. No matter what spiritual powers you will throw against them, it will only reflect badly against yourselves. And how does he continue? says, this is a nation that lives on their own. What does it mean, this is a nation that lives on their own? The Jewish people don't live on their own. He says, this is a nation that lives on their own, and they are not reckoned among the nations of the world. And as I've said many, many times, the Jewish people, while they very much play a role in history, they are not part of history as we understand it. They survive as no other nation does. The Jewish people are a people, despite the fact they go through the same cycles and rigors and challenges of history where nations come and go, the Jewish people continue again and again and again, despite the most difficult times, the most incredible challenges, the 
Jewish people survive because they have something which is unique that makes them stand out from among all the nations of the world. Don't you understand that you cannot destroy this type of people? Yes, you will hurt them from time to time. You will diminish their numbers from time to time. You will cause them great pain and suffering from time to time, as we ourselves have witnessed throughout history, even in our recent history, perhaps more so. But the point remains, they will survive. It doesn't matter what you throw at them. It doesn't matter what you give them. It doesn't matter what challenges you present them with. They have the power of being amlabadad, a unique people who live alone, so to speak. The nations of the world cannot crush them. Every other nation Someone else comes along and destroys them, the Greeks, the Romans, the Persians, throughout history again and again, mighty, powerful nations come, and they come to a certain point after which they fall, and they are, in a sense, forgotten. Very little other than artifacts remain, but the Jewish people remain as a people, a people of faith, a people of greatness, a people of great power. Bullock is horrified at what Bilaam is saying. He says to Bilaam, I hired you to curse the Jewish people, and yet you are praising him, and yet you are blessing them. And Bilaam, in all honesty, as much honesty as able to muster, what does he say? He says, I cannot say anything other than what God tells me to say. I am a person of spiritual power at the grace of God, and whatever he tells me to do, I have to do. This is a people that you cannot curse. And instead of letting it go at that point, Bullock has such a deep-rooted hatred of the Jewish people that he says, no, we have to continue. And the commentaries ask us, why did Bullock have such, such a rage against the Jewish people, such an anger, such a, a venomous hatred? touched the very core of his being, that he was prepared to put himself and his nation into jeopardy in order to try and destroy them. And the answer is because Bullock, as I said before, was a Gentile prophet, and he saw that ultimately one of his, well, offspring ultimately would be, well, none other than Ruth, who converted and became a Jewess, and Ruth was the grandfather of King David, and David, of course, is the progenitor of Mashiach himself. And this is something which worried him and frightened him and made him think, no, I cannot allow this to happen, that one of my very own should ultimately ultimately become the liberator and redeemer of the Jewish people, the one that will give birth ultimately to the great kings of Israel. This is something which touched such a deep nerve within him that it developed this unbelievable hatred of the Jewish people. And he turns to Bilaam and he says, come, let's go to another vantage point. Let's build other altars. Let's use whatever spiritual power we have in order to destroy this people spiritually. And again, Bilaam opens his mouth. And what does he say? He speaks about the beauty of the tents of Jacob and the dwellings of Israel. And our commentary tells us, what was he referring to? He was talking to us about morality, decency. 
well, basic morality. Here is a people that despite whatever temptation the world has to give, they will ultimately opt and choose for divine morality, for morality that is defined in Torah. Their tents, their homes are sanctuaries. Their homes reflect a holiness. Their homes reflect a holiness that reflects a purity, that reflects a nation that cannot be destroyed. And this incredible blessing that he gives us is something which we recite every single day in our morning prayers. Part of our morning prayers is the prayer of Matovu. And this is something which we have to remember again and again, that not only, as he said before, do they come from a source of greatness and holiness, from the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the matriarchs Sarah, Rebecca, Leah, and Rachel, but they have homes which reflect holiness. And yes, times come that people unfortunately don't have the wisdom, the strength, the desire to live by this incredible Torah value, but nonetheless it remains and it is always an anchor. It is always a center of Jewish faith and Jewish behavior and Jewish devotion. And this again is something which has to make us think that ultimately when they look at us, and they look at us, as I said before, with a jaundiced eye, they look at us sometimes with hatred, they are forced to recognize Matovu Ahalecha Yaakov, the purity, the holiness, the morality, the basic morality and ethics of the Jewish people. And while they try to do well to display whatever it is that they want to throw at us, why they want to portray the Jew as an unethical, unbalanced sort of human being, and they have tried again and again and again in ancient history, middle history, and modern history, they try to somehow display us as people of evil. In their hearts, they know. They know full well that we are individuals of goodness and kindness, morality and decency, people who come from great ancestors, people who believe in God, people who have an undying and incredible faith. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We continue with this fabulous story, the strange story of how Bilaam and Bullock tried to destroy the Jewish people by using the incredible power of spiritual strength, and they realize that they cannot, no matter what they try to say, and from what they actually said, you begin to sense what, in fact, they wanted to say, while Bilaam comes out with the most incredible blessings of the Jewish people, with the most amazing praises of the Jewish people, it was the exact and extreme opposite that he wanted to to say, and you begin to sense how much Bilaam and Bullock hate the Jewish people. But toward the end, Bilaam says something to Bullock, which causes us a moment of great concern. And not only a moment of great concern, but a historical moment of great concern. A moment that we have to stop and think and consider, because what Bilaam says to Bullock toward the end is something which hurts us and hurts us quite deeply. And what he says is that ultimately the Jewish people will remain as Jewish people. Ultimately they will remain as God's chosen people upon earth and ultimately Mashiach will come and he will redeem the Jewish people. Not only will he redeem the Jewish people, he will liberate the entire world. He'll bring about a total change in whatever this world has to offer. But he says up to that point, 
must realize that you cannot destroy the Jewish people by attacking them and hurting them. Yes, you will cause pain and suffering by so doing, but you will not destroy the Jewish people. The only way to hurt the Jewish people, the only way to destroy the Jewish people, the only way to truly affect them in a negative sort of way is by embracing them, by allowing them to enter into your societies, by welcoming them with open arms into your world world and thereby making them forget the fact that they have a unique and special calling and the fact that they are Jewish. You cannot fight them because they will defend themselves. You cannot attack them because they will protect themselves. You cannot destroy them because they are protected by God, but you can cause them to destroy themselves. And this is a poignant point which really makes us think and consider what has happened throughout history. We have lost so many in the most terrible sort of way. We have lost people in holocausts and pogroms and all sorts of battles. But more than that, much more than that, we have lost people because of assimilation and drifting away from the center of Yiddishkeit, drifting away from Torah, drifting away from faith in God in Munaf drifting away from the values that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob instilled within us and allowing ourselves to become like the nations of the world. They cannot destroy us, but we can do tremendous damage to ourselves when we forget who we are and where we come from and what our ultimate purpose is when we forget that God placed us into this world to be different and to act differently and to have joy and courage and pride in so doing. When we forget that we are Jews and we try as much as possible to act as anything but Jews, we hurt ourselves as no one else can. And this is something which we have to remember again and again again and again. Our ultimate defense has to be against our own weaknesses, against our own inability to stand with pride and strength against the negativity of being welcomed by the nations of the world. Yes, we want to live at peace with everyone. We want to live quietly with everyone. But at the same time, we don't want anything but the values of Torah. And while there are those who continue to mock us and laugh at us, and tragically, sometimes they come from our own quarters. Yes, they do. Uh, People who turn against us and people who laugh at us and people who tell us that anything Jewish, anything Torah, anything that has to do with the great tradition and legacy of the Jewish people is old-fashioned and dated and doesn't have a place in the so-called modern world. And the modern world has different values and the modern world has different ideas. And what happens then, people join up in this crazy frenzy of wanting to become part of this modern world. And before you know it, they are lost, and so are their children and their children's children. And this was the legacy that Bilam left with Bullock. He says, you cannot physically destroy them. You cannot spiritually destroy them. You can only allow them to destroy themselves. And this is something that we have to take heed of. And that's what I said right at the beginning of the talk, that it doesn't have a very happy ending because this is precisely what Moab does. Moab 
opens its doors and welcomes the Jewish people and tempts them with all sorts of negative things, and the Jewish people fall prey to that temptation and allow themselves to behave in a bad way. And of course, this brings the story of Pinchas who has to stand up and, well, fight for the honor of God and fight for the honor of the Jewish people, but it's not a happy moment. It's a Parsha that talks to us about something which is quite vital and quite, quite powerful in the sense that we are being told a story that happens away from us, how powerful elements are trying to destroy us, and God does whatever God does again and again by protecting us, by allowing our uniqueness to become our strength and power. But what happens at the end, what happens at the end is not a very happy ending, because it talks to us about how the Jews themselves stop defending themselves by allowing themselves to enter into the lives and lifestyles of the Moabites and others. And this is something which has been repeated throughout history again and again. And this is something which comes to mind not only when we read this Parsha of Bullock, but as I mentioned earlier on today and yesterday being 12th and 13th of Tammuz, when we celebrate the life of an individual who fought against incredibly powerful elements in communist Russia, when the Jewish people were forced to give up their Yiddishkeit and the Rebbe called to them to stand strong and to defy the authorities and to maintain their Yiddishkeit, their devotion, their shuls, their schools, their mikvahot, to retain a tremendous sense of Yiddishkeit because that was their only survival. And while many were tempted by the liberal social values of the time that we are entering the world of great equality, what happened to them, they became lost. It's those individuals who stood fast, those individuals who heeded the words of the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe by Joseph Isaac Schneerson of sainted memory. They are the ones who survived one of the most crushing elements against the Jewish people, the story and survival of Jews in the Soviet Union and what we celebrate today and what we see today. And this is something which is so important for us to understand again and again and again. What is our strength, our might, and our pride? Is our legacy being children and grandchildren of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs, the patriarchs who taught the world ethical monotheism, the patriarchs who showed the world how to behave correctly, the patriarchs who gave the world decency and goodness, they are the ones that have to guide us. Anything else is something which will allow ourselves to be destroyed. And this is something which we have to listen to carefully as we are in shul tomorrow. And we listen to the reading of this Parsha. While we celebrate and while we are overjoyed at the fact that despite his best efforts, Bilam cannot curse the Jewish people. All that comes out is one massive blessing after another massive blessing, one praise after another praise about the Jewish people. It's toward the end that we have to listen very, very carefully and know that we cannot make that mistake. Bilam tells Bullock, open your doors, open your arms, welcome them. And this is something that we have to be very wary of, who we are and what we are and how to protect ourselves. And this is why the Shabbos, as I said before, it's a fascinating story, but a fascinating story with a powerful message. It's something that we have to listen to and to listen to very carefully. Good Shabbos.